0: psalms chapter 1 if you're there i got to get there myself i want to talk tonight about flourishing in god flourishing and growing and and rooting you could even say in god psalms chapter 1 is a is a a verse that many of us know it says in verse 1 psalms 1 verse 1 blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. How many have found the more you've fallen in love with God, the more you've fallen in love with his word? I, I had a thought last week. I want you to think about this. Sometimes we say, I don't hear God speaking. Have ever said that? We've all been guilty of that. I don't, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. Well, if he's not speaking to you, you're not reading his word. This is how he speaks to you right here. 99% of the time, he's speaking to you through his word. He can speak to your spirit, but this is already his written word. So if you ever think, man, God's not speaking to me, you need to get in the word. People who are reading the word and meditating on the word and, and are hungry for the word, don't ever say, God's not speaking to me. Come on, let that sink in. Let that marinate. That's the truth. So he says here, his delight, it's not, it doesn't say his, his have to, or his pressure to, or even his need to meditate. His delight is in the law of the Lord, the Bible, and is in his law. He meditates day and night. And then look at verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season. How many want to bear fruit? Now, if you don't want to bear fruit, I, I would just let you know that you do. Okay, you do want to bear fruit, because the Bible says if you're not bearing fruit, then you're a tree that needs to be cut. So we need to bear fruit, amen? And it's our fruit that we bear that tells people that we're believers. It's our fruit that we bear that gets others to want to be like us. And it's our fruit that we bear that gets others to say, there must, there, there of Jesus. Okay? It says, by your fruits, we will know them. Whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he, look at this, whatever he does shall prosper. Father, for the next few minutes, anoint your word. We thank you for the privilege and the honor to be in your house on this Wednesday night. To be able to be together with believers. To be able to have the freedom, like Paul said in the offering, to have a service. God, so many churches tonight don't even have a service tonight. We thank you for the privilege to have a place to come together and listen to your word. Touch the kids tonight. Anoint the teachers and the leaders and the speakers. And let them learn, God. And let their minds be arrested. And arrest our minds in here to hear something from your word. And walk out of here changed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now go over to the book of Deuteronomy. I want to give you some more scriptures. We're going to read quite a few scriptures tonight. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Chapter 8. We're talking about flourishing in God. We have this picture up here. And you see rooted Grow deep, live tall. The picture's not doing justice because it would really show um, that the tree, oh obviously you see the bottom of the tree, but obviously it's a big tree because when you have big roots, you have a big tree. Okay? How many understand that? When you see a big tree, it has big roots. That means it's, it's way down deep in the ground, it's mature, it's lived a long time. And so we, we want to be, the psalm said, like a tree. Planted by rivers of living water. We want to be uh, trees that don't get bent and break easily. We, and the only way we do that is we go deep into the things of God. Amen. And we learn. And we are always learning. And we're always saying, God, teach me. What can I learn? What, how can I be better? What can I know that I don't know now? And so we're going to see some verses here about how to flourish in God. How many believe that God absolutely wants us to flourish Amen. He. I, I've never met a farmer who planted a tree or planted anything and didn't want that to flourish. God wants us to flourish. It is not his desire for us to be withered. It is not his desire for us to be weak. And we talked about that Sunday night that being a believer is not for the weak. It is his desire that we be a strong tree or a plant or a fruit or whatever it is and be big and strong and rooted. But there's always some things we have to do for that to happen. So Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 1 says every commandment which I command you today you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. How many know God wants us to possess? He wants us to go in. He wants us to live abundantly. He wants us to multiply. And we talked about that Sunday night. He wants us to make disciples. He wants us to touch other people's lives. He wants us to, to, to grow. He, he, Christianity is always growing. We should always be growing. We, we should be looking at our lives, if we've been saved a month, a year, or 10 years, and say, I am growing. If we're not growing, then we need to go back to the basics again and see, why am I not growing? What, what area in my life am I not growing in? Amen? Now, I did skip verse, no, I thought I skipped verse 1. Verse 2 says, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness remember that wilderness, to humble you and to test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. We talked about that last Wednesday, I believe, when we talked about the storms. Storms are in our lives. We're always going to be in some kind of storm going on, and, and, and then the sun will come out, and then a storm will come again. And we talked about how sometimes the storms are just storms that just happen to happen the rain falls on the just and the unjust and then other storms are storms that we by our own disobedience or problems or attitudes bring the storm into our lives other storms are tests god says i'm going to send a storm so we so i see where his heart is at where her heart is at we need to understand these things that when we're going through struggles and trials and problems there's a reason that we're going through it and we need to stop and say God what is it that's that's happening here and then the the last one was where we would be pulled into a storm by somebody else causing us to be in the storm with them and I gave examples for that but the thing I want you to see here in Deuteronomy is that he's saying that he does test us and how many know that on the other side of a wilderness he has a plan for us to flourish God did not say ever say, I want my kids to go through the wilderness. First of all, I didn't even want them to go into the wilderness. God doesn't want us to be in a wilderness. When we go through a wilderness, it's because he's, te- he's teaching us, testing us, and seeing where our heart is at. Now, how many know by the scriptures that we have control over how long we stay in that wilderness? If we have the wrong attitude and we have the wrong heart and we have the wrong spirit, we'll stay in there forever. But God wants us to get through the wilderness because he says, I've got a land flowing with milk and honey over there. And I don't get any glory with you being in the wilderness. I want you to flourish. Amen. A farmer doesn't walk out to his farm and say, hey, look at that dead plant. Isn't that beautiful? A farmer wants to walk out and brag on his stuff and say, look how beautiful these trees are and fruits are and plants are. Look, 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 look. And if it's ugly, he ain't got nothing to brag on. So he doesn't want us to be in the wilderness. He wants us to come through the wilderness. But we put ourselves in the wilderness. How many understand that? How many can understand we put ourselves in the wilderness? That wasn't the intent. They went there because of disobedience. So he says, um, I'll test you to see it. Look at this again. What's in your heart, verse 2, whether you would keep my commandments or not. Because it's easy to keep the commandments of God when we're not in the wilderness. It's easy to praise God when everything's good. The true test of our integrity, character, and who we are in God comes when we're in the storm. Comes when we're in the wilderness. That's where we really see, who am I? That's where I really see, do I really love God like I say I do? Verse 3, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone alone. But man lives by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Oh, I'm so, I'm so famished tonight, and my spirit will get in the word. You're never going to find somebody who's reading the word and applying the word that's famished spiritually. The word is life. The word is food. Amen. Now go down to verse 7, and look what he says here. For the Lord, your God, and, and, and I want you to see this too. This is very interesting to me. Before I read 7, we read there in 2. Let's read 2 again. I want to show you something. 2 shows, and, and let me say this thought before I lose it. Because that happens sometimes. And then I don't ever know where to find it again. When God talks about, for example, write this down if you want, but Deuteronomy 28, this isn't in my notes, this is just going to be a little free nugget here. When he writes down blessings and curses, he spends... Always, he always in the word, God is always more, uh, c- more, more, um, focused on making us understand that he doesn't want us to go there. Okay. For example, Jesus talked more about hell than he did heaven. Not because hell is more important than heaven, but because Jesus doesn't want us to go there. So he talked about the bad a lot so that we would be like, you know what? I don't want that. And he didn't always talk as much about the good because he wanted us to want it. Sometimes when you don't know a lot, well, you want to know more. And so he leaves that kind of out. But in Deuteronomy 28, he talks about the blessings and then there's a lot of verses about the curses and he's saying, I don't want that to be on you. So don't, do, don't go there. How many are you with me? But it's interesting here because he says, it, it, he's showing his character when he says in verse 2, remember me is the Lord your God, that led you through the 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you and know what was in your heart and and you humbled yourself and you didn't you you didn't hunger and all this and he says those verses but then watch what his true intention was what he really wanted to get to in verse 7 was for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land of brooks of water Of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills a land of wheat and barley of vines and fig trees and pomegranates a land of olive oil and honey a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity can somebody say amen in which you will lack nothing a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper when you have eaten and are full then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you God wants to flourish us he wants us to flourish in him amen he, that's his that's his desire more than more than we want to flourish he wants us to flourish now as we were reading in Psalms we saw the word multiply and I want to talk about what the word multiply means and it's not three times three equals nine in the Bible it means to be abundant Okay, And it doesn't just mean to be abundant. It means to be abundant in volume. Do you, do you believe that God would want you to have more than you could even count? Now that's not just money. That's peace. That's joy. That's, that's health. All the things we, th- we, we, don't, we always seem to, somehow our mind just seems to go to money. That's, money's great. Money does a lot of good things. But there's a lot of things that are more important than money. Amen. And so he, he wants us to be abundant and, it's, and it means this, multiplying in, in volume and being abundant in volume is numerical, okay, so it is a number, it is numerical, it mean, meaning he wants us to, abu- to multiply in who we get saved, he wants us to multiply in, in our finances, he wants to mul- multiply in all these things, but then it's also in power, God wants us to walk in his power, he wants us to multiply in his power, he wants us to be abundant in his power. And then watch this, influence. He wants us to be abundant in our influence. That we would influence other people. That our influence would be that influence that that makes somebody say, I want what you have. Like I'm always saying, I want what you have. I desire what it is that you have in your life. Now, let's go over to Leviticus. Leviticus 26. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. So you're going to go back in your Bible to Leviticus 26. How many with me? All right, give you a few more scriptures before I talk about the the gist of what I want to show you. Leviticus 26, verse 3. So we hear the words flourish in God, and God wants to grow us. He wants us to multiply. But there's always ifs. There's always ifs. God's always got ifs. If you obey my commands. If you humble yourself. If. If. God's always saying if. And it's always. This thing we got to understand. It's always contingent on us. Our our reality has to do with us. We. Like the old saying says. We make the bed we lay in. We can have a miserable bed. Or a happy bed. We can have thorns. Or we can have roses. We make that. Because you might say. Well even if you if I don't cause this problem you can you can if you got the right attitude you can lay on thorns and they can be roses you your attitude has so much to do with who you are and what you're doing for the Lord that you got to understand he is trying to show us that if we will understand the ifs and stand in the ifs the right way all that he has for us is just waiting to fall like ripe fruit Amen? God is not uh, hanging the fruit up there so that we can't reach it. He wants it to be low-hanging fruit. He, and when, he, when we do the ifs, he just comes right down into our presence. Right down into our midst and says, here I am. I want to bless you. I want to fill you. I want to touch you. Now watch this. Let's read some verses here. Leviticus 26.3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season and the land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and you shall dwell in your land safely I will give you peace in the land. You shall lie down and none will make you afraid. How many of those sounds awesome? I will rid the land of evil beasts and the sword will not go through your land. You will chase your enemies. I like that. And they shall fall by the sword before you. Five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Your enemies shall fall by the sword before you, for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful and multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. So as we're reading all this, it's like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But sometimes we get so excited about the oh yeahs that we forget about the if. Right? I mean, it sounds good. But God's like, go back and remember. If it's not happening then we're missing on an if. Right? If it's not happening, if we're not flourishing, if things aren't going the way they're supposed to be going, we got to go back and say, God, where am I missing on the ifs? Because it's not God. God's intention is not for us to stay in the wilderness. It's for us to flourish. So we got to go back and say, God, show me in my heart where I'm missing on the ifs. What commandments am I failing you on where where has my heart gone astray where am I being as we see this picture where am I being uprooted and what areas of my life are the are the roots being pulled up I mean, you know once the roots get pulled up that that part dies doesn't mean the whole tree dies but that part begins to die and those roots need to be put back in the ground again and so we we just we just get excited but we 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 got to remember okay but but God is saying if if I do what he says, if I'll obey him, if I keep my heart pure, I'll, he'll look favorably me on me, multiply me, make me fruitful, fruitful, confirm his covenant verse 10, eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new." He's saying, he's saying, your fridge is gonna, is going to be is, I've got so much coming that you got to get rid of what's in the fridge now because I got new stuff coming. You want to eat up them leftovers, but God is saying, no I, I, got you, I need you to throw the leftovers away because I got some fresh meat. Amen. I got some more to fill up. You're trying to finish that last little thing of ice cream, but I got a whole gallon of fresh ice cream for you. Bluebell. Amen. You're trying to save that half apple that you didn't eat last night, but I got a, a whole bag of apples for you. That's what he's saying here. He's saying, I, I want to pour out my blessings on you. And I want to bring in new things. Verse 11, I will set my tabernacle among you and my soul shall not abhor you. I will walk among you, be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I've broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Some good verses. God wants to walk with us. He wants to fellowship with us. He wants to be in our living room with us. He wants to hang out with us. Amen? He wants that. That's his his goal. Now let's go back to the book of Psalms and I want to show you uh, the the real beef of the message tonight that I want you to see. I want to give you an awesome example in Psalms. Psalm 92. Give me a big shout of amen when you get there. Psalm 92. Psalm 92. So so God wants us to flourish. God wants us to be blessed. God wants us to grow. God wants us to be strong. He wants us to be like that tree planted by living waters. We understand that. We see the picture. He wants us to be rooted. But watch this. Psalm 92. Verse 12. There's a tree that's above every tree. It's like there's a name that's above every name. The righteous... How many are righteous in here tonight? Shall flourish like a palm tree. If, you, if, you're, if you're looking at that, underline that tonight. Palm tree. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Those palm trees get tall. Amen? Tall. They get high. And they're very interesting because they're not thick. They're not that big. But they just grow. They just go up, 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 high. And there's something about the palm tree that God chose to put in here. It wasn't an accident that he said palm tree. He could have just said tree. He could have said, he could have said right there, the righteous shall flourish like a tree. But he said, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Why? He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. How many like fruit in here? Let me see your hands. You like fruit, most of us, okay? And you know what? Even if you don't like fruit, it's hard to turn down a fresh fruit piece of fruit that's just amazing a ripe perfectly ripe perfect banana mango that's oh man i I, when we were in costa rica they have i haven't eaten mangoes everywhere but man they have the most amazing mangoes in costa rica and i used to eat those things and and the i'm sure it's like that in el salvador it's close in that tropical area and man that that uh juice used to come out of those mangoes and it would just drip all over the place and i used to say man this thing right here this is what they fell in the garden of eden over it wasn't an apple hey man it was mango so sweet so amazing so delicious amen so there's nothing like having that fruit ripe and right and 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 fresh to eat that's what we need to be as christians we need to be that ripe righteous fruit that make people just even if they don't really like fruit let me have one of those let me grab a, let me grab a grape I mean I, I would much rather eat chocolate than fruit but if man there's some yeah I would personally but if there's some good I didn't say it's good for me but if there's a fruit like a, a grape in front of me it's, you know looks good or orange or an apple mm, that's, that, we should be like that to where people want to be like us even if they don't like us just want to they just want to have a piece of us because we're so ripe and so fruitful and so fresh but the thing about the palm tree is this palm trees are powerful he says the righteous will flourish like a palm tree now here's the interesting thing about palm trees and I want you to get this if you don't get anything else palm trees flourish in the desert palm trees flourish in difficult places They don't don't flourish where most trees flourish. True Christians should flourish anywhere and in any situation and in any circumstance. It shouldn't have to be the right circumstance or the right place or the right water or the right. No, it's just they flourish because they're rooted in the ground, deep, deep in the ground. Here's why palm tree, because their, their roots go so deep in, listen, this is the thing about the palm trees I want you to get, if you don't get anything else, palm trees don't depend on what's going on around them in the surface. The things going on around the surface, palm trees don't depend on that because their roots are so deep that the things around them don't affect them. We need to get like that as believers. Believers. We need to be that the things around us don't affect us because we're so rooted in the word of God. They don't need a lot of water. And when they don't have water, here's what's crazy. If you're not getting anything else, get this. When they don't have water, guess what they do? What do they do when they don't have water? They go deeper to try to find water. They don't fall over and quit. They don't give up. They go deeper. So a true believer would not quit or, or go backwards or run. A true believer would go deeper with God and go into the word more and seek more of his face and go deeper into the things of God. And he would at the same time be getting stronger because you, if the deeper you go, you're going to find something. The, the, the water just is way deep sometimes. So they just keep growing down until they find it. And here's the crazy thing about a palm tree. About, about a palm, you can cut it, but you can't kill it because most trees have all their nutrients around the area of the bark above the ground so when you cut that thing it can it can be infected and it can die easily you cut a palm tree and it doesn't fade it because its strength is below its strength is in the root its strength is in the ground it doesn't need the nutrients that bark provides so here's the thing again don't let surface issues phase you don't let surface things Mess with you. Stay focused on what God has promised you. Stay focused on that. Here's another thing as I close. The palm tree bends, but it doesn't break. A palm tree can go all those, those winds that go into the hurricanes. Most of the places that hurricanes happen, that's where palm trees are. And those hurricanes blow, and that big old palm tree sometimes goes all the way to the ground, but it doesn't die. It bends, but it doesn't break. A true believer in the Lord bends, but does not break. And then after a while, that thing will just begin to slowly just stand up again. Kind of like the verse that says, The righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. They bend but they don't break. And, and if you think about it, when a palm tree goes down to the ground, that's a good picture of what we need to do. When we're really struggling and really in trouble, we need to just go down to the ground and get on our faces before God and just humble ourselves and begin to pray until the storm passes and say, God, I'm already down here. You, your storm's bent me over. What do you want to tell me? I'm in the pl- right place right here of submission. And then we can stand back up when the storm ends and when he allows us and we grow back up even stronger. Colossians 1 the last verse I want to give you says strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Musicians you can come tonight. The unfolding of God's amazing plan for your life. Listen the unfolding I talked about purpose Sunday morning. The amazing purpose in your life is going to happen in your life when you show the ability to endure the ability to endure that's where the true growth comes when you begin to say god i'm somebody that's not going to break i might bend but i'm not gonna break How many are catching that tonight? That's what God's looking for. God's looking for some soldiers and some warriors who will say, God, I know that you died on the cross for my sins, and you went all the way to the cross, and you did not stop, and you could have broke it many times, but you said, not my will be done, but your will be done, and you went all the way to the cross so that I could be saved, and I could have salvation tonight, and I put my faith in that, and so Lord, I'm going to go all the way to the end. I'm going all the way to the death. I'm going to live for you no matter what happens, no no matter what happens on my left no matter what happens on my right no matter what happens in front of me no whatever happens in behind me I'm not going to break I might bend but I'm not going to break because I know that God has a plan I know that God has a purpose for my life here's the last thing I want you to think of if you want to go higher with God you have to go deeper If you want to go higher, you have to go deeper. Bible says, if you want to be exalted, you have to humble yourself. If I want to grow, I've got to become less of me. I've got to go deeper into the word. I've got to go deeper into the things of God. I've got to go deeper into my faith and trust him and be like Psalms. One says that tree planted by living water and delight in the law of the lord and delight and meditate on his things and and be like the like the tree planted by living waters that brings forth fruit in its season and listen i like this whatever he does prospers whatever he does prospers doesn't mean that there's not going to be some moments where we have some struggles we're going to have some struggles but at the end you're always going to see that thing back up again. Someone might look at a palm tree and say, oh, poor palm tree, it lost. No, it's just, it's just, it's just going through a struggle. But it's going to get back up again. It's going to rise back up again. It's not dead. And, 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 and a lot of times the storm might think, I got that palm tree. I defeated it. Devil thinks, I got him. Because I see him on the ground. I got him because I see him down sometimes it's better just to stay down there Not even just to, just to, don't say nothing, just stay down there say Lord, you see me, you got me I'm not going to get back up until you tell me to get up when you tell me to get up, I'll get up but your, your will God's will for you is for you to flourish to grow, to multiply to be strong